Today is February 11th, 2019, and this is Super the Hardest. And, like an open call for the third chair, we are your hosts, John, Mo, and maybe you. Because <laughs> it sure ain't Dave. That's the truth. <laughs> that guy. So now, um, he was supposed to move into his new house on the 16th, I yep. think. And now it's been pushed back to the 23rd. It ain't ever happening, Dave. Just give it up. Come yep. on back to the show because it ain't happening. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, trouble in laws. Trouble in laws ain't going nowhere. <laughs> Uncanceled. Yeah. So he's Dave has uh he's apparently been um at the house every night. Uh, much like you, he's been shoveling two driveways. Yeah, that's awesome. His in laws and his his uh, his supposed house. Remember how we used to make fun of Massey and like say that he doesn't really live in oh, New yeah. York? He really, he, he's doesn't. really living in the basement. Stay in the basement, yeah. yeah. Kennedy's uh, not there. That's like Dave. He's he doesn't have a house. <laughs> he's he's sending us pictures that he finds on the internet. Yep. Uh, From Etsy. My mm-hmm. my basement reno. Yep. He's sending us before and after pictures of somebody else's house. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> um I don't believe it exists. I don't believe it's happening. But anyway, yeah, so um, it was. He was supposed to move in this Saturday. Now it's next Saturday. Um, yet, you, yet he still can't make it to the podcast. I know, right? Uh-huh. Do you know what the hang-up is? Why the why the delay for a week? Uh, who knows? Did he say? Yeah, no, I don't know. No, um, I don't. Yeah. He, just, he just said it got pushed back. So. All right. Um, um, he he's he had some. I can't remember. Somebody was doing his flooring, and he said he's taking his sweet ass time. Okay. I think it was like a relative or something. Maybe a brother-in-law, I don't know. And I was like, "Well, fire him." Yeah. <laughs> like seriously, you know, there's more of this favor bullshit. Yep. You got to get rid of that well, favor bullshit. It's not bullshit. much of a favor. Yeah. If they're if they're keeping you out of your house. Yeah. I yeah. mean, assuming it is your house. And at that point, I would just move in flooring or no. I'd be like, "All right, we're still moving in. Yeah. Screw the flooring. We'll we'll get the flooring in once we get in here." Well. Yeah. I think it was the, the kitchen flooring. Okay. Yeah, something like that. As long as everything else is in, they could that, could that could be okay. Yeah. Oh, and then I think, so he sent me a before and after of the basement. Yeah. And he had laid down carpeting on the basement. Um, apparently, he's also just discovered he's got a leak in the basement. So I think he had to pull oh, up no. the carpet. <laughs> something like that. So it's like a, it's like Money Pit, man. Yep. It's like that, that movie. Yep. Uh, it sounds like it's going well. Um, well, that's good. Mm-hmm. And we've been getting like, you know, 10 feet of snow every goddamn day. That's the other thing, right? Like, I just want to shoot the clouds at this point. Mm-hmm. Like the the sky has looked just like fuzz for the past two weeks, yep. at least. It's not at all depressing. Yeah, there's no there's no sky at all. It's just it's just like mist as far as you can see. It's like you're living in a cloud, basically. Yeah. And if you look down, the world disappears Yeah, because there's no definition whatsoever. It's just white. Mm hmm. And it's this time of year that I just have to remind myself that I love living here like most of the, the year. The rest of the time? Yeah. yeah. It's just having to power through this fucking bullshit yeah. that I hate. Like the worst two months of the year, every year. It's true. It's mm. true. I get real tired of the, of the snowblower. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and I get so tired of it, in fact, that I just go outside and shovel because I'm like, 
just don't want to start it up again. I don't yeah. want to fuck it. I'm it. I'll get my exercise. Yeah, that's what I did the other day. I was like, fuck it. I'm just gonna exercise. I'll, I'll use this as my exercise. For yeah. The day. And then I go out and throw out my back. And yep. Come in and lay down. It's dreamy. It's great. So it's a wonderland. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is your wonderland. Super the hardest. Um, I don't know. Bad segue. Oh, you know, it's a segue. You can find us at mojomenace.com, where we have forums, mojomenace.com slash forums. Uh, If you are a member of the forums, you can also find out how to join our secret society, the Discord channel, um, where we pretty much everybody who, you know, has like some sort of job where they can access Discord during the day. We just sit on there all day and just fucking talk shit. Uh, (laughs) It's pretty great. Yeah. but anyway, uh, so join the forums and then hop on Discord and hang out with us during the day. We are, we are on Twitter. We're not as active on Twitter these days because just fucking who has the energy for it. But if you're on Twitter and you want to see our bi-monthly tweets, uh, uh, Twitter every dot, other month. Yeah, twitter.com slash, no, let's just call it at super the hardest. Jesus. Yeah. I'm really good at this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, if Dave ever gets out of uh, trouble in law hell, um, we'll start Twitch streaming again, and that's uh, we're Mojo Menace on Twitch. Um, I have uh, I have a bit of housekeeping. Okay, housekeeping, housekeeping. Um, first of all, uh, we are on uh, Spotify now. Super the hardest. Uh, this podcast you're listening to right at, right now can be found on Spotify. So. Well then. If you have a Spotify account and would rather listen through that, hey, hey. how about that? And that's, like, that's, that's a mail. <laughs> yeah. so your Spotify, your account has been disabled. Yeah. Uh, we're on Spotify. So if you want to listen to, uh, if you'd rather listen to us on Spotify than what you're listening to us now or how you're listening to us now, go ahead. Um, also, uh, we're apparently on Google, like the Google podcast app. So um, knock yourselves out. I didn't have to do shit for that. It was already there. I don't know that's, how. That's weird. We weren't there before. But we there now. Okay. Then. Yeah. Um, and then uh, we are also, I was reminded that we're also on Stitcher. So if you use Stitcher, um, which I don't know. Do people use that still? I don't, I don't fucking know. know. Um, we're on Stitcher. We, we've been on there for like 10 years, but I completely forgot about it. And then Uh-oh. the other big news, Mo, is that we, we being Dave and I, yeah. not you, nope. are going to Midwest Gaming Classic. Um, we're, we're, we're going back to our old hangout at Midwest Gaming Classic and we're going to be joined by, uh, a few friends, uh, a few of you who listen to this show will be there and, uh, and, and, uh, a certain, uh, group of you will be sleeping on our floor. I understand. Right, yeah. We're going <laughs> to, it's going to be quite the fucking scene, man. Uh, Pickle Friction is one of those guys who's yep. going to be sleeping on our floor. Yeah, so, so it begins. I hope to uh, find he and Dave in a compromising position at yeah. some point in the weekend. Um, I I, uh, I, I would say I would just call that face to face. Yeah, exactly. Dave's <laughs> terrified. <laughs> yep. Mm. Okay, uh, I'm going to shut that right off. There um, it is again. Yeah. Damn it. Um, remind me to turn the audio back on. Um, but anyway, uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. So that is April 12th through the 14th. Uh, uh, folks who have been hanging around the uh, the podcast and the website for years are going to be there, like Gruel and Pickle Friction and Lag is going to be there. 
Um, Tex was going to make it, oh. but Tex has well, Tex has a pretty good excuse. I don't know if he wants me to get into it uh, uh, on oh, the air, right. but but it's it's a pretty good excuse. He's got he's got some life stuff going on. Not not bad life stuff, just life stuff, yeah. important life stuff. Okay. Um, but I was really hoping he would make it. Um, getting a new pony. So you can find out about Midwest Gaming Classic at MidwestGamingClassic.com. Join us and hang out. We're going to have an after party in the uh, in the suite that I just reserved two nights ago. Uh, boy, that that wasn't that wasn't cheap because uh, <laughs> they have they have a deal through Midwest Gaming Classic. Like you can is it one of those like deals? It's like well, it's like a group rate, right? Uh-huh. And uh, and so I reserved one. It was called like the Junior Suite or something. Ah, yes. And then and then I got the confirmation, and I was looking at the room, and I was like, "God, this just will not do." Nope. We we're ballers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna fucking live like ballers. So, <laughs> so I went back to the website, and you know, I yeah, I, w- I went away from the the part of the site that just you know has the Midwest uh, Gaming yep. Classic group rate, and yep. I was like, "What rooms do they have?" Well, my friend, they have the executive suite. <laughs> of course, they do. With a separate room for like a king size bed and a, and a and a couch, a pull out couch, and the whole deal. And then they've got a room that's like a living room with a couch, a big ass TV, and a bar. Yep. And I was figuring, you know, since we're gonna have a bunch of you bums sleeping on our floor, we should, you know, do it upright. <laughs> you know, and we're gonna have a little after party. A bunch of the folks from the PC Engine Turbo Graphics community are gonna hang out with us and we're going to have a bit of an after party and those guys are known to get a little stupid. So I was like, okay, let's fucking do this right. We're, we're going to, we're going to get this uh, executive suite with the bar. And I was like, sweet. So I called up, uh, the Hilton yep. and I was like, Hey, I need to, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I just did this. I trade this. I just, here's my reservation number. I'd like to upgrade. I'd like please. to give you my pog for those three <laughs> pogs over yeah. there. And, and, uh, and she's like, well, now this doesn't get the group right. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's cool. I got it. And she's like, okay, uh, you know, two nights, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that'll be uh, nearly $600. <laughs> All right. And I was like, let's get nuts. <laughs> now, um, so Brett and um, Brett and Dave are, you know, staying. We're, we're, you know, we were going to yep. split the room, but I couldn't in good conscience be like, okay, guys, <laughs> pony up so all here, the money. Here's what I did. Yeah, so... What I did was I just told him, like, I took the price of the original yeah. room and I was like, we're going to split that. I'll cover the rest because, you know, we're ballers. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we yes. got appearances to uphold. Absolutely. And we got to throw a party for fucking people or something. I don't know. Uh-huh. You're right. Yeah, I was just like, if we're going to do this, let's fucking have a good time. I'll cough up the extra cash and We'll have fun. We go so often. Yeah, exactly. My kids want to go. Of course they do. And uh, this is funny. Um, Christine's brother-in-law, or brother-in-law, Christine's brother. May as well be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Distant relative. (laughs) Um, Her brother called. I don't know if we told you about this. Called a couple weeks ago and said, oh, uh, Jake, our our nephew, uh, his confirmation is that weekend. Nice. Uh, So, you know, uh, if you could make it, that'd be great. And, you know. Sure. And I'm like, you have fun with that because I got into a skating class, yep. right? So the kids found out um, that they have to go to the confirmation party. Oh, uh, and I get to go to Midwest Gaming Classic. And they also found out that Midwest Gaming Classic is about 45 minutes away from this confirmation <laughs> party. And they're like, well, why can't we just go with dad? I'm like, tough titty kids. Plus, <laughs> not really going to be a family friendly environment this year, at least in our hotel room. So I told them maybe next year we'd go and I'd. <sighs> 
That's good you stuff. Get us a hotel room, and you know, I'd be a little more with a, a bar, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe <laughs> and, and room for thirty of your closest friends. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's it. Uh, MidwestGamingClassic.com. It's uh, April 12th through 14th. Uh, Dave and I are going to host a uh, game show uh, similar to the one that Mo, you, me, and Hilden used yeah. to used to host. And you were the you were the Bob Barker of that it whole was. situation. It was fucking great. I, I've got I've got some pretty serious shoes to fill because I don't know if I can I don't oh, know if I can pull it off. You just jabber. Yeah. I'm gonna have Dave be the kind of um, crowd work Vanna White. He'll work so white, yeah. Vanna Whiteish. So he's gonna be the guy who's, uh, uh, you know, has the microphone on the on yep. the contestants, and then yep. I'll be the one answering uh, or asking the questions and whatnot. He's the guy on the floor. Yeah. So I thought that would be fun. Um, so we'll see. And then Five Spot Joel, yep. the, uh, a guy who hangs out. Uh, in Discord quite a bit. He actually runs the stage for Midwest Gaming so he's Classic. A, he's a Milwaukee or Madison guy. Yep, Milwaukee thought, guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, oh, let's let, uh, that ties back neatly to the Discord conversation. He's been posting an album of the day every day uh-huh. on Discord. Uh, he does a good job because that guy's got... He, he fucking loves his music, man. He's got a serious vinyl collection, too. He's a, he's a good dude. So anyway, he's going to help us put it all together and run nice. the sound and all that shit, so... It'll be fun. Come play some games, have some drinks, try not to puke on our floor. Right. You know who I'm talking to. Absolutely, I know who you're talking to. Fnary. Uh, we're not going to mention any <laughs> names. <laughs> I just did. Because tight. All right, so. Fnary. Midwest Gaming Club. Oh, uh, one last thing about it, though, is uh, I'm going to give Dan Lucen a call in the next couple of weeks and uh, have a chat with him, and then we will air that little interview uh, oh. with Dan thought it was gonna be more personal no no all right so on a future episode we'll have dan lucent on and he's the proprietor of goat store, oh, goat and, store uh, at goatstore.com and one of the guys along with gary who uh runs midwest gaming classic anywho let's move on we've got uh, a couple drunk dials uh first one uh, do we usually do? Yeah, we do drunk dials first, right? Yeah, whatever. Christ, I can't remember. Doesn't it was just ma- a week ago. Does it matter? <laughs> I can forget. It doesn't matter. Uh, we got a serious format to follow, Mo. That's right. Now that Dave's not here to fuck it up. God. <laughs> Finally. All right, so here is... Yeah, it feels so good, doesn't it? It does. Just... It does. I don't have that head just kind of looming over the top of the monitor. <laughs> Fuzzy little Jack, head. Just see the eyes. Yeah, yeah. Can't see the bottom of his nose. Not getting his beard hair all yeah. over the desk. Exactly. That's the worst. Mm. Drip, dripping his beard oil on everything. So I think we have two uh, drunk dials, both of them from text. So let's let's give it a go. All right. Hey, boys. Just next up here in Canada. Obviously, I guess. Um, another long day for work. Drive a lot and stuff because I'm a cowboy. On a steel horse, I'll ride and wanted, wanted to come fix this shit. And uh, one of the things when I'm not listening to old DG uh, radio episodes from 2012 um, is I try to work on my Dave Mustaine impression. So I thought I'd, uh, thought I would, uh, what is it, regale? I thought I would regale you with what I've got so far here. <laughs> What do you mean there's a new super the hardest? Ah, looks like it's a monkey mode. What do you mean Dave's not in the studio tonight? Ah, he's probably out slutting it up. Ah, it's not that great, but what do you do, right? 
So I hope this uh, evening um, finds well. Whoever is in the studio, if it's uh, John Moe, an illustrious guest, or if it's, uh, we'll call it a full squad, the squad, squad goals, I think is what the kids say now. So, uh, yeah, I uh, I bid you to you and uh, love him so much. Yep. God damn you and your life stuff. Yeah, it's it so good. It would have been great to hang out with Tex at Midwest Gaming Classic. Oh, he's got a steel horse to ride. <laughs> he does. That's not a bad Dave Mustaine. A little more nasal. Put a little more nasal into it to get, to get the full Megadeth effect. All right, so uh, he must have been super bored on his drive because uh, 29 minutes later he left us another message. So here it is. Hey, boys, just Tex again. You know, I forgot to mention I've been rocking out to a song in my head for the past few days and um, I might have called you on it uh, like a few months ago but man it's stuck in my head again it's uh well I mean one of you I'm sure will recognize it here we go uh, people in the cars next to me might think I'm fucked but <clears throat> well I don't really care about your sister forget the little bitch cause I already kissed her one thing that I did to you later was put her on the bed and she didn't say maybe I know you know everybody knows the way it goes Damn that song rocks, man. I don't give a shit. That song still rocks. It rocked when it was doing it rocks today. Yeah, show boy, young wing boys. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> Is that I Ugly Kid Joe? I was going to say, I don't know, but it sounds like a Motley Crue song. I'm pretty sure that's Ugly Kid Joe. Oh, my God. Hold on. I got it. Uh, something about your sister. Yep. Fuck the little. I mean, it's, it's very inappropriate. Uh, I already ki- kissed. Okay, uh, ugly kid Joe. Yep, there you go. everything about you. Yeah. Oh, for real? Yep, yep. Good lord! That's Apparently, the, I should have listened closer to that song. That's the dirty <laughs> version. Yeah, <laughs> not the one you can get at Walmart. I guess. Yeah, right. Fuckers, it's been sanitized for our lord. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we've got a uh, an email that uh, that I would like to play for us all. Well, I'm going to read it. I'm going to read it. Okay. Um, But here we go. Hearken to my siren call. These are the travels of Gargamel Gibson. This is a story about a period in my life when I had sunk deep into depression following a bad breakup. She broke it off with me, said I had too many cells. (laughs) I can't control that shit. Despondent, I turned toward the desert and, like the hunter-gatherers of old, I walked, moving blindly forward until all daylight faded. There, in the pitch-black darkness, I lay upon my back and gazed up into the heavens, as if I could find any answers there. After a few moments, a tiger's giant face appeared and said, You are not authorized to perform this action. I felt its warm breath, rejecting me from the earth as peals of well-intended laughter echoed through the stratosphere. 
Until the next moment, Gargamel Gibson. Yeah. Well, he's doing well. I think that's always nice to hear. Well, uh, he was doing well in November of 2018 because that's how long that email's (laughs) been sitting uh, in our inbox. I just completely forgot about it. Well, we've done what? Two? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We've recorded two since then? Yeah. Um, I completely forgot about it until I was... I was cleaning out my inbox the other day, and I was like, oh, shit, we have a Gargamel Gibson. That sounds gross. <laughs> we got a dirty Gargamel Gibson. <laughs> Not cleaning out your inbox. <laughs> oh, that too. <laughs> I suppose. Ugh. Yeah. Um, I love those emails. Okay, so last time we talked about board games. Yep. This time we're going to talk about movies. Okay. Um, I think when we did our Stuff of the Year episode, we talked a lot about streaming movie- movies. Movies. And how it's it seems to me at least that it's opened up like a completely new market, I guess. Or I don't know, market. Does that make sense? I don't know. Like, You're talking about like an opportunity for filmmakers? Yeah. Sure. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. It's not the You're so it, much more articulate. It's than not I. just the production houses that are mm-hmm. those those few yeah. few big ones that are controlling everything. Yeah. And I, I've found that it seems like Netflix and Amazon are doing the best jobs of this. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, funding these these uh, more unique, smaller movies that wouldn't at all last a day in the cinema. Right. The Sounds like Netflix is maybe not having quite the uh, financial boom. Oh, really? Boom that we've or it appeared. Yeah, yeah. That things are getting a little hmm. a little tight. I hope but, not. Uh, yeah, because I love this shit. Well, what's beautiful about from uh, read an article. Uh, not that long ago about this thing, right? What you were just, mm-hmm. what you were mentioning. And uh, the beautiful thing about it was, so this was uh, somebody who had written a screenplay and I don't remember what it, what it was, right? But yeah. but on Netflix just said, we want to buy it. Yeah. And they're like, all right, so what are the, like you want to set it through editing or whatever? And they're like, nope. Just want it. We just want it. So yeah. you go ahead and make it. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, what do you, like, you need to have somebody. Nope. We just yep. you do it. Yep. We want your vision. Yep. It's like as an as an artist. Here's the money a, hat. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. Just yeah. Exactly. You're, just go ahead and take the money hat, mm-hmm. and when you're done, let us know. Yeah. Or you got this much in the money hat. Have a have a good time. Mm-hmm. And then, they, so that as a result, they're getting this very uh, uh, not it. What I say it it's curated in a sense yeah and that there's whoever is selecting the things to be made right mm-hmm. they seem to be well, at least the ones that are getting attention yeah right they seem to be of a certain depth yeah right a quality to them uh not ne- i don't mean that necessarily from production side i mean it from uh, like a writing side mm-hmm. but uh but beyond that, they're just getting so many different voices. Yeah. As a result, not yeah. it's not the vision of those, you know, that small team of whoever the hell it is that goes into somebody else's script and just ruins it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm looking at you, DC. Well, Roma's their current like it movie, right? Yeah, that one's. And we talked about that yeah. on the stuff of the year. Yeah. Um. So not all of these are like Netflix, Amazon, whatever originals. These are. They just happen to be movies that I saw on these platforms, but most of them, I think, are. Um, 
So the first one I want to talk about is it actually came out a few years ago, and this is, I believe, is a Netflix original. So this isn't current, but it's still worth mentioning is Beasts of No Nation. You heard of this one? Beasts? Beasts. Of no, no. Yeah. Beasts of No Nation. So this, is, this stars Idris Elba. Is it Idris Elba or Idris Elba? I don't even I know. I have no idea. I've heard it pronounced both ways, but I'm going Idris because that looks like a short eye to me. Anyway, um, this movie is a is a heavy watch, man. So this is about like an unnamed like African uh, nation that's like go under you know going through like civil war and whatnot, and uh, there it stars this kid. I mean, Idris Elba is the main like draw, like because he's the movie star of yep. it, right? But it's really the story about this kid who you know he's got a pretty happy life in this, this small African village. Um, they're poor, but they're happy, sure. right? And then all of a sudden shit starts going down and pretty much his whole family's like murdered, like right in front of him. He escapes. And what era is it set in? Uh, it's modern. Current day? Yeah. Okay. Um, and he runs into the jungle, you know, and, you know, to get away and he makes it, you know, away from the soldiers and whatnot. And uh, he's quickly, uh, quickly runs into this um, kind of uh, rebel um, militia, uh-huh. uh, which is run by Idris Elba. And and at first, everything's, you know, they're fighting for freedom and they seem like they're the good guys and maybe they are, but it's hard to tell, right? Yeah. And, uh, and they're like child soldiers and stuff. So this kid who's a happy-go-lucky, creative, whatever kid, eventually throughout the course of the, this movie morphs into this fucking like cold-blooded, like soldier. So- child soldier yeah, kind of thing? Like, yeah, like I'm, I'm telling, I'm talking like, barely out of his tweens you know like he's probably 13 you know maybe um and uh and this movie's fucking intense um it's uh uh not for the faint of heart there there's some shit that goes down in this movie you're just like whoa yeah you know and and this kid actor i i forget who what his name was but um man mind blowing like how you know like He's a kid and he's, he's acting, but, yeah. but he's acting out some pretty intense shit, yeah. you know? Um, but it, 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 I mean, so again, this isn't, this isn't, uh, the, the country that it's in isn't named, you know, they never say specifically what this is based ever after, but you know, that just shit like this goes down yeah. you know, all over, you know, they're like African warlords and shit and yep. fighting tribes and fighting factions, you know? Right civil unrest all that really fun stuff um but man is like i said it's a heavy heavy watch but it's really worth it um this movie blew my mind it, it had been on my netflix queue for like two three years now but oh. I've, I've been trying to clean it out like you know what, what i've been doing is i've been watching a lot more movies lately because obviously they're easier to get through than yeah. Well, fucking, a series. Yeah, yeah a series where you gotta you're invested for at least 10 hours you know right um so I've and I've been liking it because I don't always finish them right away. Like I'll watch like an hour, find a good cutoff sure. point, go to sleep, watch it the next night. You know, yeah. um, but I've been plowing through a ton. But this is this is one that I'd been meaning to watch for a while. It's really good. Huh. Um, so unfortunately, the next one is also super like fucking um, uh, intense. So I'm I'm hopefully I got a few that I can lighten up a little bit here. But uh, this one's called a Twelve Year Night and Craig recommended this one to me it's also a netflix uh movie you can only find it on netflix it's a movie from uruguay um 
Nice. And I think uh, I think this one might. I'm not sure if this one's been uh, nominated for a foreign language Oscar or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was. Um, so it's from Uruguay, and it's about it's a it's a true story about three dissidents who spend 12 years in solitary confinement. Okay. So again, another country where they had like a revolution and shit, you know, and and they had you know they've got a rebel factions trying to, um, you know, trying to rebel. Yeah, exactly. And uh, it's uh, so these three guys are put in prison for their role. Like uh, they're seen as like, you know, instigators and rabble rousers or whatever. And so they're shoved into prison to kind of set an example um, to the rest of the rabble rousers that, you know, we shall not be fucked with, you know, that kind of thing. So they're not executed. They're just put in fucking prison. Okay. And every now and then they have to cart them out to be like, yep, here they are. Fuck with us again, bitches. You know, that kind (laughs) of, that kind of thing. Right. And, uh, so there are a lot of like intense scenes of them, like just in sol- each, each of them individually in solitary confinement. And what they do is they develop this way of communicating with one another through like brick walls by like tapping Morse yep. code and shit. Um, and, uh, well, it's not Morse code. It's like they, they create their own code. Right. It's fucked up. Cause they're in there for, you know, yeah. years. So yeah. they're like, okay, you know, they slowly develop this, uh, uh, Hey, there's an agreement on principle for border uh, to avoid a shutdown. That just came through on my phone. Well, uh, anyway, is the principle to ignore the president? <laughs> it seems to be, but anyway. Um. So. So yeah, they develop this way of communicating, and they're like, you know, they're fucking knocking their knuckles bloody, you know, because mm-hmm. they're knocking on the walls and shit. And they go from prison to prison. They get transferred a lot. Um, and then what's, what's fucking crazy about this. So they show, they don't just show three dudes sitting in prison cause that'd get boring. They also show like their backstory and sure. you know, like how, how they wound up in their, in their situation. But, uh, what's crazy is that one of these guys goes on, um, after he's in prison for 12 years, he becomes like a Senator in Uruguay or something. And then eventually becomes the president, like in the early two thousands. Okay. Kind of crazy. Huh. But um, they don't show that part. It just says, you know. Yeah, this is what at, happened. Yeah, at the end, yeah. where, as before they roll the credits, or like, you know, this guy did this, and then this guy became the fucking president, you know. Okay, then. Yeah, and which is crazy, because the guy who became president in the movie, he's portrayed as the one who's, like, most off his rocker after 12 years. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, well. a little uh, a little fucked up, you know, tra- traumatized. But, yeah. Um so that's uh that one was called what? Uh, a twelve year night. That's on Netflix. All right. The next one we don't have to talk about it. I just wanted to let you know that I f- that I did watch the Disaster Artist on 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 Prime. Oh, and I thought it was fucking great. Isn't it? Holy shit! <laughs> it's so good. And again, it? I've not seen the room. Doesn't matter. Uh, and not and what? Well, when you told but me, basically, that, you saw it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you told me that I didn't need to watch it, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's fine." Because I I thought I would have to watch the room. Yeah, to I think it's it. probably better. Yeah. to not have actually to not. Oh, have seen really? It. Yeah. Because, yeah. well, I guess so. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, right? Mm-hmm. I think you're better off just going to see the Disaster Artist. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, it, the room looks fucking painful. Right. Well, and it it it, it that's exactly it. Right. Yeah. It's just so bad. And this is telling that insanely terrible story. Yeah. But framed in a light that's like, man. Yeah, this is hor- horribly entertaining. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, I I had not seen the room, the stuff at the end in the yeah. credits. Yeah, but even even though I hadn't seen it, 
I was able to like see what um what's his name um Johnny uh, well <laughs> what uh, uh uh fucking Joe Franco I was able I was able to appreciate his performance just because I'm oh, yeah. like I've seen a little bit of Tommy Wiseau yeah and I'm like holy shit yeah he's fucking nailing this yeah and uh <laughs> oh hi Mark <laughs> yeah. oh hi Every, yeah. It it was it was fucking great, and so the, at the end credits where, uh, you know, after the credits where they have that little scene yeah, where that's, it's, it's I love Joe it. Franco and Tommy Wiseau <laughs> yeah. like just trying to out Tommy Wiseau one another. Yep. Oh my god, it was good. And then they showed like scenes from the original movie side by side with scenes from yeah the Disaster Artist, and they recreated them like identically. It yeah, was fucking crazy. Yep. Yeah, that it was great. It's kind of like the moments from Itania. Yeah. At the end, where, yes. you, where you see the actual interview footage and mm-hmm. then the footage from the movie. Yeah, yeah. Or no, it was just, I guess it was just the actual interview footage. Yeah, yeah. But the, the it people... matched the opening yeah, credits. Yeah, they look yeah, identical. The opening, and, yeah. and what was said in the mannerisms, you're like, oh my yeah. God, I just watched all of this. Yeah, you were absolutely right about this one. It, it And it did play a lot like I, Tanya for me, which I also loved. I thought that was fucking great. So anyway, I just wanted to let you know I watched that one. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so so, good. so another one that's a bit intense, not in the like you know war torn country kind of way. Um, this one's called First Reformed. It's on Amazon Prime. Okay, and uh, Ethan Hawke, uh, he plays a reverend at a tiny church in upstate New York, and uh, the church is basically at this point a tourist destination. That's kind of like it doesn't really have a real congregation. It's got okay. like a handful of people that show up, but it's like it's it's like an old ass church and it's propped up by this big like mega church kind of thing. Sure. So like they fund it and they keep okay. it open because, you know, it's like, oh, this is a you know, it's like a token fucking thing. Right. Sure. Um, but he uh, this reverend, he he's there and he's he's a uh, I forget his backstory. His I think he was married at one point. I don't know if his wife left him or if she died. I forget. Um, but he's a single dude living in the back of this church. I guess he was in the military at some point. That might be it. Like he might have been like post-traumatic stress or something. It ruined his marriage, something like sure. that. But the the guy at the mega church like gave him this job, you know, to be the pastor here. And um, uh, he's he's a he he um, one of his parishioners. Um, asks him to counsel her husband because he's pretty fucked up. Like he's um, a hardcore environmentalist to the point of like dangerously hardcore environmentalist. And uh, so he goes over and talks to this guy and, um, you know, tries to help him out. But eventually it seems like he's starting to understand this guy. It's turned. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and, and, and and shit goes down in this movie and the ending of this movie is just like <laughs> whoa <laughs> holy fuck um so it's it's a very slow paced movie very dialogue heavy and it's very ambiguous right so there are a lot of unresolved uh-huh. things going on um but if if you're if you're down with that like check it out it, Ethan Hawke like we'll talk about him a little bit more um uh, in, in a couple movies from now but goddamn, I've been watching that guy since he was in that movie, The Explorers. I don't remember uh, that. Yeah, it's about three kids who build a spaceship and 
it's with him, River Phoenix, and then some other guy who I think was like in... Like from the 80s? Yeah. Okay. He was in the, the, some other kid who was in like one other movie, but he was my favorite part of the Explorers. But anyway... It's like Flight of the Navigator. Yeah, it's kind of like that. So it's three kids who like, you know, uh, River Phoenix plays like a nerdy uh, science kid, and he uh, builds like, or he creates like this, it's like a ball that yep. floats in midair, like he programs it. And then they figure out, well, if this thing floats in midair... All we need are some oxygen tanks, and we can fly out to space, and we'll be good to go. And so they go out to space, and they meet aliens, and it's it gets really <laughs> fucking weird. Nice. My brother and I love that movie. I think but, I think that's on Netflix too, Explorers. But he was a uh, he was a child actor. In yeah, that. yeah. I think that might have been Ethan Hawke's first movie. But uh, huh. anyway, but man, he's turned into a hell of a fucking actor. Um, all right, Zama. Z-A-M-A? Z-A-M-A. This one I cannot recommend because it's just so fucking weird, but I still enjoyed it. <laughs> it's an Argentinian movie uh, on, on Prime Video. And I think this is, you know, like one of those that Amazon yep. funded to bring here or whatever. Uh, it's about, it takes place like in, uh, I don't know, 1700s, something like that. Okay. It's about a, a Spanish colonial guy who's uh, stuck in a remote art outpost in Argentina. Okay. Uh, he's waiting for a transfer from the king of Spain. Okay. You know, and as time goes by, he starts to realize this transfer is not coming. I'm fucking stuck here. I'm yep. not ever getting back to my family ever. Um, he's j- just because nobody gives a shit. All the bureaucrats, they don't yep. fucking care. They're like, oh, yeah, your transfer. Well, uh, yeah, we'll get right on that. Um, so. They're all there wearing their ill-fitted wigs yes. in the hot, sweltering, hot fucking tropical heat, uh, dealing with the natives and uh, and uh, that sort of thing. It's it's a really surreal movie. There are like fucking weird ass pirates in it and like natives and um, yeah. Those powdered wigs are basically that's just uh, what's that shit called that. Botox. It's like both Botox injections, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? I mean, that's what mm-hmm. that's what the aristocracy, yeah, and their their crazy collars that they wore mm-hmm. even earlier than that, yeah, to William Shakespeare, yeah, the yeah exactly, yeah, yeah. This is this is what the this is what the the gentleman wears, yeah, yeah, a powdered wig and a clown <laughs> collar, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the common folk are supposed to look at that and go, oh, oh, it, but they're like, oh, for Christ's sake, yeah. and now you're shoving. Butt fat in your lips. <laughs> yeah. Getting calf implants. Yeah. Uh, this, this movie's fucking weird. It, it's, it's surreal. Uh, again, it's like, it's like the last one. It's a bit ambiguous. Uh, it's got quite the ending to it. Um, I can't recommend it really because I, it, this, the audience for this has got to be like three people. Nice. And they found one of them. The target audience. Uh, well, I, I don't know, man. I, after well, if you enjoyed it, that's probably, I, I'm pretty sure I enjoyed it. You know, they'd take it. Yeah. Um, this one, I just want to talk about quickly, uh, cause I think a lot of people have probably watched it. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. I haven't seen it. I saw it's on Netflix though. Yep. That it's a Netflix. Netflix play, paid the Coens oh, to make well, a movie. Let me, let me start over. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's what this is all about. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've 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 paid the Coens to make a movie, which yep. fucking a what a world! And it's nominated for some some Oscars, isn't Probably. it? Probably, I don't know. I think it is. Um, so it's uh, a series it's like of vignettes, right? Yeah, of I think five short movies that are not really related. Only in the they're only related in the fact that they're take pl- they take place in the old west, and they're 
told like as though it's from a storybook. So the sure. book opens up in the chapter one, yep. the Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and that's really the only Buster Scruggs thing. And that the first one is my favorite one. It's so fucking funny, and it's so like Cohen. Yep. You know Cohen Brothers. Um, there, everybody dies. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it is it is amazingly funny. It's uh, it's got uh, Tim Blake Nelson. He's he's the star of he he is Buster Scruggs. And uh, he plays like a singing cowboy who is also yeah. an amazingly crack shot. If that was Tim Conway, you'd have me. <laughs> well, do you know you know Tim Blake Nelson, and he's the guy who's like go for Everett. Oh yeah, from Brother Heart, though. Um, so uh, there are only I think there's only one or two of these little vignettes that I'm not crazy about. I mean the the one with um, Liam Neeson is pretty good. You know, I mean it's okay. It ends in a funny way. Um, but I was just like, eh, I was like, okay. ha ha funny or no, like, just in a, weird. Yeah, well, in a, in a, in a storybook, cute kind of way. Okay. You know? Um, and then the very last story, um, I feel like I need to watch again because it was getting late and I feel like I may have zoned out some of it. <laughs> um, it, I'm pretty sure they're riding to hell, you know, in a, in a stagecoach. Uh, yeah. Stagecoach. Nice. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I need to, I need to watch it again, but, um, what I love about these guys is that they never do what's expected of them. Right. You know, the Coen brothers. Yep. Um, they're always surprising me. And, uh, well, that's cool. I'm whether, whether I like the movie or not, I'm always like, well, that's not what I expected. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's fucking, that's fucking crazy. Um, but I love the, I love the Coen brothers. So I'll watch whatever they do. Cool. All right. Did you watch mm. the fire festival documentaries? Not yet. No. Uh, have you? I've seen them both. Oh, really? So, Which one do you like better, the Hulu or the Netflix? Well, I... I believe there's a third one that was just announced today, too. I hope so. Yeah. Because, so the the reviews I'd read said that the Hulu one was far superior. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yep. And so we watched the Netflix one first, mm-hmm. thinking that I couldn't see the Hulu one. Yeah. Because I don't have a Hulu account. Right. And uh turns out that doesn't matter. Yeah. But... uh so the Netflix one I thought was Hulu's now six really bucks a month, so I just fucking subscribed oh, to it last yeah. week. I was like, you get a free month, free month, and then it's six bucks. Fuck it, yeah. Anyway, sorry. So this was well produced. Yeah, you know the Netflix t- one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tells an interesting story, right? Uh, the the Hulu one comes at it more from a like from the people that were there, okay. kind of thing. Um, and was the Netflix one more just about the guy? Th- no, the Netflix one was more about everybody. Kind of looking, looking at it from as a large operation. There were some, yeah. you know, there were some elements of individuals, but for the most part, it was looking at it from a bigger, a wider lens. Right. And not knowing who the people were telling the story. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense now. Okay. Yeah. The Hulu one was. A lot more like a camera in an in interview room. Oh, okay. For good yeah. chunks of it, yeah. and they got a lot of, of time with the dude, yeah, Billy, yeah, yeah the guy who's in prison, whatever now. it is, yeah. And oh my god, kind of messy. Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry. I mean, yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's what I think of when I see this. I'm like, this guy's a bullshit artist. I yeah. know a guy like that. Yeah. And maybe not as you know, not quite on that spectrum, but right. You know. So it turns out. The uh the the media company that was behind all this thing. Yeah. Fuck Jerry. Yeah. 
is the one that made the Netflix special. I wish we could make a company called Fuck Jerry and people right? just give us millions of dollars. We should just make a company called Fuck Fuck Jerry. Yeah, yeah. But that's a hashtag, that's, so it's that's too a late. thing now. Yeah. But uh, anyway, they uh, yeah. So they made that documentary, and I should have known because like they keep using the same footage mm. from this one weekend shoot. Yeah. Like like what is the well, it's the footage they shot. Yeah. And it's super polished. Mm. Like the Hulu one? No, yeah. No, no, no. Oh. The Netflix one. Oh, okay. Okay. The, the Hulu one is good, but the yeah. Netflix one is like shiny. Yeah. Okay. Like, huh. Hmm. These, it's like from a production, just storytelling yeah. thing. Like these guys are extremely good at what they do. Yeah. But then you realize, oh, yeah, they're trying to, uh, they're being sued. Oh, yeah. They're part of the lawsuit. Yeah. So they're trying to, uh, you know, s- set up the uh, influence the the pool of jurists as it were yeah like yeah yeah you're all a bunch of slick assholes <laughs> shiny right. bleached assholes i'll have to check it out then um yeah i've heard i mean it's been all over the news lately so it's incredible i mean there's a moment i don't remember if it was the first one i think it was the first one it's like what the hell is happening like i'm pretty sure this guy is on parole and you're watching him in real time direct someone to commit multiple felonies. <laughs> yeah. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. And, and he requested it all be videotaped. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't get this at all. Fucking bullshit artists getting, but getting egoma- too caught up in their egomaniacs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, but I want you to be here filming this. Yeah. What? <laughs> Cause we need evidence. Yeah. Be Okay. Just to make sure you stay in prison. Like, <laughs> exactly. I don't, okay. I want to make sure you secure a real nice cell. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, I recommend them both. Right on. Just know that the Netflix one is made by the media company. That's important. Yeah. Because they have a lot of skin in this game. Yeah. All right. Uh, the next one, also on Netflix, this one is called Shirkers. And it is, uh, it's, a, it's a documentary about a group of people from Singapore who made a movie in the mid-90s. So it it was basically young, like young kids, like, you know, well, I mean kids, young adults, I guess, sure. probably late teens, early 20s, who were in Singapore. They were taking a film class. The teacher of the film class became the director of their movie that they were making. Like yeah. they befriended him. He was a he was an American guy um, who uh, who befriended them and started hanging out with them. He directed their movie. They filmed the whole goddamn thing. And then that guy fucking stole all the footage and disappeared. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So this, the, the girl, the woman who, who wrote the movie and starred in it, um, she spent all this time, an entire summer working on this movie, and the fucking dude just, like, disappeared. Wow. Um, so it goes through the, the making of the movie, uh, the immediate aftermath, like when they were like, where the fuck did he go? Yeah. And then how they went on with their lives for like the next 20 years and what happened. Um, so <laughs> shit happens uh, between then and now. Nice. And uh, and it's basically about three friends, um, three. Uh, fe- they're, they're all they're all women. Um, the, the writer star and then like another girl did production. And I think another one was like a co-star maybe. And but they all helped out on the movie. You yeah. know how that goes. Yeah. Um, and uh and and so this was like this is this movie was made like in the mid nineties, like when we were in college, basically. Yeah. And it's got that vibe. It's got like that um 
almost like uh, alternative music kind yeah. of post Dave punk Matthews. Kind of, no, well, no, not yes. that. That's shitty. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's got like that kind of DIY post punk kind of sure. vibe to it, or or it would have had yeah. it come out right. And uh, and and yeah, it's pretty interesting. And and I think all three of these uh, women live in the United States now, and pretty sure all three of them work in the film industry in to, to some extent huh. um yeah it's 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 pretty interesting it's called shirkers because yeah. that's what the movie was going to be called yeah um uh here's another netflix original another documentary called struggle the life and lost art of zukalski you seen this one nope um so uh netflix is i mean they had it on their main page for like a couple of weeks um, uh, uh, mid-January. So this is a documentary about a forgotten Polish sculptor from the 20th century. He was rediscovered by a kid in L.A. in the 80s, uh, living in a humble house in the L.A. suburbs. Okay. And uh, it, it's pretty interesting. So this this Sukolski guy, um, he was like uh, an up-and-coming artist and sculptor in like the 40s and 50s and then apparently just like pissed off a lot of people. Sure. And that was the end of that, that was the end of that. Like he hasn't been around much. And so this guy who made the documentary and who like rediscovered him um, in the eighties, he was super into like comic books and kind of like um, alternative art stuff, you know, yep. like George Crumb and shit like that. And he saw this book in like a used bookstore about Sukolsky. And, uh, and he, he's like, Holy shit, what is this? You know? And the, the bookstore owner was like, Oh Yeah. Uh, some guy brought it in here. You know, he comes in here all the time. Nice old guy. Yeah. Said it's his. And <laughs> and so this guy did it. The, the kid who found it did a bit of digging and found out, found out that this dude lived like a mile away. So he went over. Yeah. Because he's like, these sculptings. Yeah. Are, their sculptures are fucking incredible. Yeah. And they are, man. They're, holy shit, are they detailed. Yeah. They're fucking insanely good. And uh, and so he goes over and um, meets this guy and befriends him. And... um kind of like raises his profile yeah you know and uh and it's pretty the, the sukalski guy boy he's got some charisma interesting old dude nice. like he's he's dead now but uh the footage of him he talks a, and talks and talks spoiler yeah <laughs> talks and talks and talks and talks and talks um and uh it, it's pretty incredible um so anyway but he was like in his heyday he was supposed to be like the polish like like Poland's example of like the, the, it was like their national artist sure, basically sure. right and then he just kind of was exiled not really exiled but yeah. he was just like he just fucked off yep. basically yep. yeah yeah. Um, nice. yeah so he was uh, he was big news and then not so big news all right so the next movie I want to talk about is uh, it's on uh, Amazon Prime okay. it is I am not your Negro oh. Also a couple of years old and has also been on my list for a couple of years. But uh, I just finally got around to watching it. Have you heard of this one? Nope. Uh, this one is fucking great. And I think every American citizen should have to watch it. Sure. Uh, <laughs> especially every white American citizen. Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and especially in this day and age. <sighs> In this climate, um, it's, it's so James Baldwin, who is a writer and activist, 
um, you know, prominent in the 60s and 70s. And I think he died in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, he, th- this is the story about his unfinished novel uh, that he was going to write about uh, the assassinations of his three friends, um, Medgar Evers, uh, yeah. Martin Luther King, and uh, Malcolm X. Okay. Um, he never got around to writing it. From what I understand, there are only like 30 pages of a treatment kind of finish. Sure. And um, so Raul Peck, who's the filmmaker, um, made a movie, like a documentary about it. Just yeah. kind of took his notes, um, took a bunch of footage, and made a movie around it. And it's fucking riveting. Like, it is riveting. Wow. Um, Samuel L. Jackson um, narrates it, um, like, reads, you know, from the notes and stuff. And then there's a lot of footage of James Baldwin, who is an incredibly articulate person and who expresses himself and expresses these ideas in ways that... Well, he expresses ideas that I think we've maybe heard before, but expresses them in ways that I think uh, are clearer than we've heard before. Um, So I thought maybe um, we just... I'm not good at articulating this shit myself. Sure. You know, white boy from Wisconsin. So I thought we'd maybe just watch the trailer quick. I uh, I think you will have an interest in this. All right. Here we go. If any white man in the world says... Give me liberty or give me death. The entire white world applauds. When a black man says exactly the same thing, he is judged a criminal and treated like one, and everything possible is done to make an example of this bad nigger so there won't be any more like him. The story of the Negro in America is the story of America. It is not a pretty story. Most of the white Americans I've ever encountered surely have nothing whatever against Negroes. That's really not the question. Really a kind of apathy and ignorance. You don't know what's happening on the other side of the world because you don't want to know. In America, I was free only in battle, never free to rest. We need to take action, any kind of action, by any means necessary. They need us to pick the cotton, and now they don't need us anymore. Now they don't need us, they're going to kill us all off. There are days when you wonder what your role is in this country and what your future is in it. I can't be a pessimist because I'm alive. The question you've got to ask yourself, the white population of this country has got to ask itself, is why it was necessary to have a nigger in the first place. Because I'm not a nigger. I'm a man. But if you think I'm a nigger, it means you need it. And you gotta find out why. And the future of the country depends on that. Yeah, that's a good movie, man. It isn't it's 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 a powerful movie. Like holy shit. That's Amazon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well worth the watch. Cool. Um Fuck yeah. It, yeah. It's really, really good. <clears throat> I forget what the line that he said earlier on in there. I was going to go back and reference it, but now I forget what it was. Anyway. Oh, oh the thing about, like, I don't need it. No, Well, that. Yeah. Yeah, that one's pretty pretty good. Um, that I think that's kind of how the movie ends. Um, yeah. Got to figure out what it is, why it is that you need it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, the one about, 
he says, you know, most of the white people I know don't have any problems with black people. It's just their apathy and their ignorance. Yeah. About it. They don't know what's on the other side of the wall and they don't care to find out. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, that's exactly it. That's like, right. I, I talk to so many people who are like, I don't, you know, I, I don't know how far we want to get down this road uh, during our poop and pee podcast. But um, I talk to so many people who are like, especially people from my hometown. who are like, yep. oh, I don't have any problems with black people. I don't know. I don't know what all this racism stuff is about. I don't know how racist. And it's like, yeah, it's, you don't know. Like, and, yeah. and it's just, it's because you're ignorant to it, yeah. you know? And that's, and you're choosing not to learn anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. So well, which is, will, right, ignorance is willful stupidity. Yeah. So, you know, when you see these, uh, black lives matters, folks, you just, you just see a bunch of angry black people and you can't understand why they're blocking traffic. Yeah. You know, and it's yeah. like, well, that's cause you don't like just fucking listen. Yeah. yeah you're not paying attention. Yeah. You know, so anyway, <laughs> so, but it, it is, it is required viewing, man. It is really good. Um, really worth watching. And, and that James Baldwin, man, God, what a, what a fucking impressive dude he was. I mean, I didn't know much about him before yeah. this movie, but I went back and read up on him quite a bit after I watched it. And I was like, God damn impressive. Like, like a gay black man in the sixties. Yeah. You know, like, holy fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right? it's, it's pretty goddamn. And, and not, not just a gay black man in the sixties, but a prominent, yeah, you know, black man in the sixties who also happened to be gay, you know, yeah. and and, and yep. <laughs> he was on the FBI list, you know. Well, of course, he was he being was. watched, you know, as a as a potential threat, you know. Um, what could be more dangerous? <laughs> exactly. Um, so anyway, uh, next up, uh, this was a, this was an interesting one. This one's called Closer Than You Think. This is not streaming on Netflix or. Uh, Amazon. I just happened to get a uh, get a chance to see a screening of this movie um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, with they had um, every now and then, uh, my work brings in uh, these short films or movies sure. or whatever, and they bring in like the director or whatever. Yeah. And then there's an auditorium in in our building, and if you want to go watch it, you can, and then they have a conversation with the director, and sure. it's pretty badass. Yeah, you that's know, kind of like, cool. I work in a fucking corporate environment, and they do shit like this, so I, uh, not bad. Got to give it to them. So this movie's called Closer Than You Think. It's about um, five uh, Cuban artists um, of different disciplines. So there's like a musician, a couple painters, a photographer, and a rapper. Um, and it just uh, it's like five quick like vignettes about each of them and their experience being Cuban and living in Cuba and yeah. and creating their art, you know, what inspires them, how proud they are to be Cuban artists. Uh, it was just over an hour long. Um, I think if you Google closer than you think, um, you can maybe even just stream it on the website. Yeah. Um, it was it was funded by, um, I think I put a link to it in the forums, uh, in the movie thread. Um, it's called the CubanArtistProject.com. Okay. And I think you might even be able to stream it there. Um, if nothing else, you can watch the trailer there. It's pretty cool. I like watching shit like that. Watching stuff like that also depresses the hell out of me because I see these people living these very inspiring lives. And, well, you know, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that was a great movie. Well, I'll go time to go back and sit in my cubicle. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yep. There's that. But it was an excellent movie. So, if you're into watching artistic people do cool artistic shit, check it out. Right. All right. I'm gonna lighten it up a little bit. Eighth grade. Have you heard of this one? I think I have. It's a. Is this about the, like the teenage girl? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Written by Bo Burnham, the comedian. Yeah. 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 yeah totally. 
which is fucking hilarious. Uh, apparently, he just hung out with like his teenage nieces so he could get yep. the lingo down. And I guess he, this this part cracked me up. This is just one random anecdote he told about making this movie. Is um, he he was going to have them all, uh, you know, chatting on Facebook, and and his nieces were like, "We don't. Nobody uses Facebook. Yeah. It's for old people." Goddamn right, it's for fucking old people and suckers. Yep. Um, so that, that just made me laugh because just I fucking hate Facebook. Um, it's fucking baby boomers on Facebook. Oh, elect, absolutely. Electing idiots for president. Yeah. Destro- <laughs> just destroying reality. Yeah. So um, if, if you have forgotten how awkward and painful eighth grade was, boy, this is a movie for you. <laughs> <laughs> this movie is just brutally awkward but in a way i mean you'll wince a lot watching this you'd be like oh but mostly because you're like oh i remember that that fucking sucked (laughs) um but it's so it's about this eighth grade girl who's you know she's a little uh bit of an outcast you know she's not like you know a spaz or anything right she's just you know a little bit of feel like most eighth graders yep. they feel awkward and out of place well, and they are awkward yeah and she's not like down with the popular kids and, yep. but yet she's not like a freak or anything yeah. you know she's just in this weird awkward place um and uh and it just it follows her around for a couple of weeks and uh and her life and what it's like to be an eighth grade girl uh she's she's got a single dad yep um who's just that poor fucking abused bastard nice you know because every he can't do anything right nope she's just on his nuts no matter what he does you know he's like in the car and she's like will you stop it and he's like what doing what you're doing he's like i'm just sitting here well knock it off yeah (laughs) (laughs) but yet despite all that she's very likable in her own fucking hateable eighth grade girl kind of way because well they're all i mean is there a likable eighth grade girl? No, well, I'm just, you know. is there a likable eighth grader? Yeah, exactly. I mean, they're all little terrorists. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I wanted I wanted to watch it mainly because I wanted to um, see if this would be okay for Ethan to watch. You know, prepare. Yeah, well, I wanted, I was like, oh, maybe, uh, you know, Ethan might be able to relate like, to some is, of this. This is what's coming. There are a couple scenes that may not be appropriate for your kids. <laughs> uh, and And it's not that they're over the top or anything it's sure. just it depends on how comfortable you are with a girl practicing a blowjob on a banana okay you know, something like that sure and i was like i don't know if i feel like having that discussion with ethan yet <laughs> right um not at this moment he's in sixth grade i'll wait another year and a half um but so anyway it'll be in eighth grade <laughs> yeah exactly um <laughs> so it's streaming on prime it's just it's called too late this is, yeah, it's living here's what you're living through <laughs> bitch the summer before eighth grade, I'll show it to you. <laughs> um, so it's called eighth grade. It's it's really good, really well done. So we talked about Ethan Hawke earlier with uh, First Reformed. Uh, Mo, have you seen Born to Be Blue? I don't think so. You should put it on your list. Ethan Hawke plays Chet Baker. Oh yeah, okay. It's not really kind of sorta is, but not really a biopic. Okay, so it plays fast and loose with the facts sure you know it's more like it takes a bunch of loose legends about chet baker sure some things that actually really did happen but it it kind of paints this story um you know that i i would say don't if you don't know anything about chet baker i would say don't take this as fact sure take this as a 
a movie about someone who just happens to be named Chet Baker and has <laughs> a lot in common with the real Chet Baker, yeah. including the fact that he gets his teeth punched out and yep. likes drugs a whole lot and plays trumpet really well. Yep, flies from a window. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's 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 very fictionalized. Uh, you know, it's more of a loosely based on a true story kind of thing. Sure. Um, but it, it follows Chet Baker um, kind of as he's trying to make a comeback after one of his many you know, uh, incidents uh-huh. and, uh, and uh, apparently they were going to make a movie about Chet Baker starring Chet Baker. Oh, and that's how this movie starts is right. it's, it's super meta. It's somebody playing Chet Baker, <laughs> playing Chet Baker in a movie about Chet sure. Baker. Um, and then he meets this woman on the set who's playing the woman who was his wife uh-huh. Right. And and so this actress, they fall in love and, and it's mostly about their relationship. But okay. but it but it covers some important beats in Chet Baker's life, like when he gets his front teeth punched out. Right. And, and he's like, well, I'm no longer a trumpet player, you know, that kind of thing. Time and start singing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he eventually works out how to be a trumpet player again. You know, he gets some false teeth and it takes him a long ass while to get his chops yep. back. And and then, you know, it. it it also uh, it's towards the beginning of the movie. It's also him playing. I forget. Uh, uh, is it? Oh, at Birdland. Okay. It starts out him playing there, and Miles Davis being like, "Come back when you lived a little bit," you know, like you know, well, when you have some experience. Right? Yeah. Miles Davis is portrayed as just an arrogant prick in this movie. Well, not too. F- that's that's close to the truth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's basically like come back when you fucking lived a little. You know, yeah. um, when you have something to say, and then. It, I'll, I won't spoil it, but it's bookended. Sure. Right. And again, it's very dramatized and, you know, but Ethan Hawke is awesome in this huh. movie. Like, fucking A, good. He does all his own singing. Now, granted, Chet Baker, not exactly. Not a great singer. Not a great singer. So Ethan Hawke didn't have a high bar to sure. hurl. But he still did a great job. He's got all the timing down. You yeah. know, he's got he's got the, the, the vibe of it down. Right. Um, it's really, really good. Huh. Um, it's streaming on Netflix. It's called Born to Be Blue. It's really, really, really good. I cool. lo- I loved this movie. Um, and then one more movie that is just kind of uh, this is a random poll from 1960, uh, The Apartment, starring Jack Lemmon. This is familiar for some reason. It's a Billy Wilder movie, okay. so he wrote it. Um, it stars Not Jack a Gene Wilder movie. <laughs> no. Uh, Jack Lemmon, Shirley MacLaine, and Fred McMurray. You know, Flubber? Yep. That guy. He played sure do. If Fred McMurray just plays like the most despicable fucking pig <laughs> in the world. Um, but uh, I can't remember why I got turned on to this movie. Um, but for some reason, I, I saw it was on Prime, and I added it to my list, and, and I watched it the other day. Oh, I actually got one more movie after this. Sorry, I forgot. Um, but, uh, <sighs> damn it. Uh in in today's climate once yes. again <laughs> of uh of me too and whatnot boy is this an interesting sociological <laughs> study this right? movie okay so let me give you the premise of this tell me if you think this movie could be sold today uh, uh um a lower level corporate employee tries working his way up the ladder by lending his apartment to his superiors in the office so they can carry out their affairs. Totally. So basically, it's his apartment operates 
It's like a fuck house. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a, a, like a swinging sex pad. It's a Airbnb. Yeah. But so, air, air's she and me. So for a couple hours, you want to take your hoopty back on the, your side action yep. back to some random fucking apartment. This wow. guy will help you out. And so he, when this happens, he just goes out to the movies or he, yep. you know, sometimes they stay late. So he stands <laughs> on the, on the curb and waits for them to get done with their business. And, uh, nice. I, I, wow. I, I just kept asking the question to myself, what about all the jizz? Yeah. <laughs> like, like you gotta, you gotta wash the sheets like every night, right? Well, you maybe, just, these maybe people got are, a lot of sheets. These people are just fucking in your apartment like every day. It's, it's a little gross. It's fucking weird. And and some you know it's it's different different strokes for different folks as they say <laughs> they expect him to like uh, stock the booze mm-hmm. you know and oh you're out of you're out of vodka you absolutely know? what it's fucked up so anyway Shirley MacLaine plays a, an elevator operator in the building that Jack Lemon develops a crush on Fred McMurray plays like this senior executive guy. Um, and all sorts of twists and turns happen. Um, but yeah, like I said, Fred McMurray just plays a piece of shit. <laughs> we just want to fucking beat the hell out of, um, but, uh, awesome. all right. Yeah. But if, but if anything, so I've always liked Jack Lemon, like, you know, when we were a little bit younger, he had like a resurgence with the grumpy old man yeah. stuff. Right. But, uh, the guy was a bona fide genius. Yeah. Like he he is a like a one man show in this movie. He's so damn impressive and funny, and his acting chops were insane. Like his timing was great. He was just charming and freaking hilarious, and just like this lovable goofball, you know. Sure. Um. So anyway, uh, man, like I said, viewed through the 2019 lens, yeah, this movie right. is a fucking trip. I mean, just. Saturday morning cartoons viewed through the <laughs> yeah. 2019 lens are yeah a little a little hard to watch. I go back, you go back and you watch this movie, and you're just like, all the women are like, "Let's go in the apartment, Georgie." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, really? Yep. Oh, he's married, but I'll get him someday. So fucked up, you know. And then and then these these philandering louts, you know these disgusting pigs are like in their office and they're like oh yeah she i took her over to our, you know buddy yeah. boy's apartment last night we had a good time thanks for the key buddy boy yep. oh it's so fucking bad yeah fill out your booze cabinet yeah the apartment gross so, yeah um okay new movie just came out on netflix uh it is called velvet buzzsaw i've heard of this it stars Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh-huh. Uh, Renee Russo is in it. She plays a big part that has a lot to do with the title of the movie. And uh, John Malkovich plays like a washed up artist. And then there are a bunch of other people that I just, I, I don't know. Um, but it is about um, a bunch of despicable, completely hateable um, art brokers. Uh-huh. Like rich as fuck, uh, buying and selling million dollar art pieces, uh, pretentious, oh yeah, smug, just garbage human beings. Yep. yep. Um, and one of them finds out that um, someone who lives in her apartment building recently died. An old man in her building recently died, 
and he was a was a painter. Okay. Um, but he never like he was an unknown painter. He just yeah. had a bunch, and um, he left specific instructions to have his paintings destroyed upon his death. She finds the art before it gets hauled down to the dumpster. Yep. And takes it all because it's it's incredible. Yep. And she's like, "I'm we're we're gonna make fucking millions off of this." Yeah. So Jake Gyllenhaal plays like an art critic. He gets like exclusive rights to write oh, a book about it. Yeah. And it's a whole. They produce. Yeah. They and, manufacture this thing. Yep. And uh, her boss is Renee Russo, and she runs the gallery. So she's got uh-huh. the whole you know the the gallery show going, and and they're selling his this dude's this deceased guy's artwork for millions and millions of dollars and then out of fucking nowhere now i'm not spoiling anything because it's in the previews um out of nowhere it turns into a schlocky horror movie <laughs> like a supernatural yeah. weird as fuck horror movie nice um i i liked it a lot um it it i it needed more i felt it could have been like another half hour longer just to like develop the plot a little bit more because um, certain things happen like with, with, uh, like the relationship between the woman who finds the art and Jake Gyllenhaal, like their relationship takes a very quick and weird turn that okay. like out of nowhere there, you know, it's like uh, apparently, uh, off camera, they had this whole development in their relationship. Oh. And you're like, Oh, well that went south quick. Okay. They were just in love in the last scene, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and then like, a little bit more as to why all this supernatural shit's happening. I don't need it explained, but just a little more development of yeah. it would have been nice. But it, what really impressed me about the movie is what we started out talking about tonight, and it's how this... I don't know what the audience for this movie is. Sure. It's so fucking weird. Well, that's the beauty of the internet. Right, exactly. I'm sure this movie's going to develop a cult following. Yeah. It'll have uh, a tribe somewhere. Yeah, I mean, because it's, it's a niche of a niche of a niche. It's <laughs> yeah. so fucking, like, like it starts out as really, like, insider baseball about the art world and buying, selling art and these pretentious pricks who right. are, like, just so up just their go, own fucking yeah, asses. No scruples whatsoever. Yep. And then it from there it just turns into a campy horror movie from, like, the 80s. It's so <laughs> fucked up. Um, almost like a David Lynch kind of thing, sure. Which itself is a niche on its own, right? So anyway, it's called Velvet Buzzsaw. Uh, check it out; it's like two hours long. So, all right, man. We covered a lot of movies. Good job. I've been watching a shitload of movies, man. Just it's a, it's a big load of movies. I don't have to go to the theater anymore, right? <sighs> so. Who needs Movie Pass? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Who can use Movie Pass? Yeah. That's a better question. Those fuckers. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, should we call it? We should call it. So, all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Yeah. Uh, to Hilden. Yeah. All, as always. Don Chichio. Don Chichio. All right. I'm, I'm not even prepared. I'm... Whoa. There we go. Hit the play button real quick. Uh, <laughs> uh, good times. What are we, 15 years in? Oh, yeah. Still fucking it up? Uh, 612-424-3835 mailbag at mojomenace.com that'll do it come find us at Midwest Gaming Classic in April it's going to be awesome right on